the Resilient Disciples Podcast, powered by Awana. I'm your host, Ross Cochran. Thank you for listening. We are fully within the summer season, but I know that every ministry is different, and summer for you might look a lot different this year because of the coronavirus. Many of you might be in a position where you are breaking for the summer. We recognize that the work of child discipleship is never done, but you might be taking a break from what you typically do or have done due to the rhythms of your community. Some of you, though, aren't slowing down at all. And we also know that some of you haven't even begun to think about changing your rhythms and routines because you've been pulled in so many different directions that you're just trying to get to the next Sunday or the next ministry event and planning for the future beyond that just isn't happening. And I want you to know, from my perspective, wherever you are in your ministry right now, you're doing just fine. And no matter where you're at in your ministry, I wanted you to hear from the folks at Appleton Alliance Church in Wisconsin. Chris Small leads the team there, and she, along with two of her leaders, Tammy and Jason, all joined me and Melanie Hester for a conversation about how their ministry has been impacted by the coronavirus and what they're doing right now to serve their families and the children in their community during this uncertain time. Most importantly, though, this is a conversation about how you, as a local Kidman leader, can begin to think about and plan for the next season of your ministry regardless of how your community is impacted by the coronavirus. This conversation starts with Chris explaining her role and how she got connected to the work of children's ministry. And thank you for listening. Here is episode 45 of the Resilient Disciples podcast. I started at Appleton Alliance Church around 26 years ago, right out of college. And um, I basically worked with it. And we started off, probably we had maybe about 50 kids on a Sunday morning and 60, 70 kids at our Awana Club midweek. And my goal was always to figure out how could we make these two programs complement each other. So that has always been my goal, thinking of the total package of discipling kids, um, at a very high level and a very strategic level. So through my years of ministry, I have gone from small church to mega church and I've gone through all those seasons. So my heart kind of goes up to both sides. And when you start talking about multi, you know, adding in campuses, um, your mind has to stay on both the super large size and, and the smaller size, a church that has a lot of resources and a church that hardly has any resources. And that's why um, through my years of being here, I've, my position actually has shifted in the past couple of years from a director of a local campus to overseeing multi-campuses, as well as being the executive director of Discoveryland Global, which means I work with churches and consult churches globally from all different sizes. But again, you know, my heart is this. I want to see kids get discipled. I want the Bible to come to a life for kids. I want kids to crave to know God more. Um, Not just head knowledge, but we're talking about life transformation. And how do you get there? How do you develop your leaders around? How do you develop leaders around them that truly love them and want to invest? How do, you, how do you make a ministry more than how can I make it the easiest? You're thinking, how can I make it the most effective? And sure. that's kind of where our heartbeat lands right there. I love it. But the best part of my gig is I just get to talk about how great Jesus is and talk to people like you who care so much about kids. Can you introduce the members of your team that are here with us today? 
absolutely. I have Jason Wellman. Jason Wellman is one of our awesome volunteers who happens to be volunteering this summer. I think he has served in our ministry probably for at least eight years um, or more. I mean, it's long-term, and that's one thing that we love about our volunteers. It's like, how do you make them long-term, and how do you really invest them so you have high-quality leaders? Well, Jason's one of our high-quality guy leaders that are, that's just amazing. Um, and, and Tammy Ross here, she's actually on staff with us, um, focusing specifically on special needs. I, again, for us, you know, we want child discipleship. We, we really, I mean, in every single kid we have is important. And so we are going to teach them God's word, and we're going to challenge them to love God at, at the deepest level that we can. So we don't have playtime in our church. We have, we have teaching time that's super fun for our kids. That's awesome. I love that framing. Well, welcome, Jason. Welcome, Tim. I'm really glad that you all are here. Um, and I'm, we're also, we also have Melanie here with us, which is great. Uh, you introduced me to their ministry, and you introduced me to um, what they're doing, which we're going to talk about in a second. But Melanie, can you help people understand I, you felt like it was so vital that we would get these guys on the podcast? Yeah. So one, I think these three here today represent so many of the children's ministry leaders around the world that, that sit and choose every day to say, Lord, use me to help bring these kids into a relationship with you. And um, I, I was first introduced to Appleton Alliance a number of years back, and I've, I've become more um, just aware of the incredible ministry that Appleton is doing thanks to chatting with Chris and honestly through the, the, through the Awana Moore documentary and, and what it looked like. Like for Awana to begin connected to to Chris and, and her team by by realizing that they were able to take the tool that that God has just gifted Awana to have created and they just exactly what Chris was saying they were able to morph it and and change it into something that not only reached kids for Christ but it fit the needs that they had in their community mm-hmm. and and I think as we've continued to learn and and connect with this with these leaders and and see what it looks like for them to serve their their just community that attends their church the the to me the theme that keeps coming up that i am just blown away um by honestly how resilient they are is that as as new seasons come up they keep asking the question of god what are we doing how does this fit within the calling you've placed in us to raise children that love know serve you with all of their hearts and follow after you and and is what we're doing working and what does it look like for us to potentially say, um, hmm, it might not be. And, and, and so then they gather close and they bring one another together and they do it as a team that is built on their church community values and what they're trying to accomplish and what God has called them to do within that Appleton community. And so that is, as I, as I hear from them, I hope that you can hear my voice. Like I, I get so just absolutely enamored with with the way that God is just evident in everything that they're doing, um, and so that's why I think this is this is exactly what we want to communicate to those churches that we serve and that are around the world of like, hey, like what does it look like to to join together and and see Awana as a tool that simply gets used to meet the goals and the passion and the calling that you have in your community. And so 
man, it's just an honor to, to meet each of you. I've never met you, Tammy and Jason, um, but to just hear from you both and, and to, to, to put some faces to the names and the leaders that I, we've heard so much about over the years. That's awesome. No, I, I appreciate that broader perspective because all of the people who are on this call right now are more experienced in the day-to-day practitionering, to make up a word, of uh, being involved in Kidman. Um, the, and being able to learn from people like you as not, not only as I'm navigating that journey as a parent, but also as we talk to audience, an audience that is, a lot of people are very bought in. I've done the plans, I've done the work, are really excited and feel like God's called them. But we also know that there's a large chunk of this audience who listens, who they were kind of pulled in. They're kind of dragged almost into this world of children's ministry. And they're just trying to figure out the lay of the land. So I want to actually start with what Melanie alluded to on how you guys are making intentional decisions about seasons and sort of asking those questions about what comes next for your ministry. Um, and that might actually lead into what you guys are doing right now. So uh, Chris, I'll, I'll sort of direct this over to you to start, but obviously Jason and Timley, you know, chime in on how, what this looks like on the sort of on the ground level. But right now we're navigating the season of summer and we're navigating you know, what's the right choices and what's the best things for the, the local communities that we are a part of. When you're looking at the summer season, especially during the time of coronavirus, when did you start thinking, what should I be doing with my kids over the summer? Like, what does that look like for you in the decision-making and the planning process? Well, this past year was a little bit more unique <laughs> sure. than, than normal years, right? Because usually we're planning for the summer already, like in January, locking things in and um, picking out everything we have. But obviously with the coronavirus, it really did shift a lot of things because there was just, it was a season of uncertainty. We didn't know what was going to happen the next day. And so when, when there's uncertainty in the world, it causes like almost anxiety amongst your leaders and, and everybody's like, okay, what, what's going to happen? What's not going to happen? And that's where we decided like we needed to put an anchor down. Like who, what are we going to be this summer? What needs to be accomplished when, when this is the first time a world crisis is taking place? What do our families need as children's ministry leaders? What do they need? Well, of course they need to you know, feel like they still belong. Like we did not forget about you guys. We want them to truly believe. We want their belief and understanding of who God is during this time, that God still is in control. He is a sovereign God over all things. And, you know, we wanted them to, again, not just to be people, but how can they be used by God during this time? So we're trying to look at all these different factors, and we put the anchor down with our, um, we do our Sunday morning program online, DL at Home. Uh, we take our normal curriculum because God's word doesn't change. We didn't have to throw it out. We kept the pace going. So we just continued on with our curriculum. Of course, as we prayed or highlighted things, you know, we did match it with where kids are at right now in this crisis. But we wanted that to stay as a very much of an anchor point. Mm. Um, we also had what we call um, small, group, small groups online. So on Sunday nights at 7 o'clock, if you register, um, you can go to a small group. And during that small group, it's not that hard because they're kids, of course. Um, we're basically just connecting the kids with, with their same peer group age, um, doing a review of DL at home, and then um, asking for prayer requests and praying with the kids. And, and again, we're trying, you'll notice too as I talk how I'm trying to link DL at home now into the small groups. And then if you go even to our bike path, which we, we, we made a bike path around our building. Um, again, just 
just forgive me i'm gonna interrupt just because i think you said that as if like of course we made a bike path around our building what do you mean you made a bike path around your building that's so that sounds so cool can i come you absolutely can come okay. you can bring a friend too if you like Perfect. anyhow you we made have, a bike path it's a bike path yeah we literally we have you know we have a big campus we have a big parking lot so we literally you can find blue dots and orange dots orange dots are the preschool trail the blue dots are the elementary trail and from 3.30 to 7.30, every Tuesday night, we put a theme with it. Like our first theme was like a color, I think color splash night or something, where we actually threw color at kids in white t-shirts as they did lap by. Um, last night was an I spy night. So we had, they actually, when they rode their bikes, they had to find scavenger hunt items on the trail. And then they could enter a door prize. Next week is superhero night. So you come as a superhero, we'll have villains hid amongst our paths, ready to throw water balloons and squirt them on the path. Uh, it's really outreach on one hand, but on the other hand, part of it, it's, it's making the kids see their leaders, giving them yeah. space. I mean, we did it from 3.30 to 7.30 for social distancing, so we keep everything great. Every time you do a lap around your building, you get these what we call tickets, tracker tickets, where you can cash in for prizes. Um, the other thing, deal at home, if there's family challenges, we have a summer mailing that teaches family discipleship, trying to get families involved. If you finish that, you can bring the coupon back in for five tracker tickets, again, to purchase things. Right. So again, so if you are a visitor on the trail and you're like, well, how do I get more tickets? Oh, watch DL at home. You know, you can go to a small group, you're going to get extra points. And if you do this family challenge, you're going to get more points. So yeah. we're actually coaching families how to disciple their kids when we can't even get into our own church building. Mm. So that That's was so our good. Yeah. yeah. And then our third thing was Chalk Talks. Um, and again, the, the idea behind Chalk Talks is that when we see, or if we as ministry leaders know that one of our kids might have struggled from, I mean, maybe their parents just went through a divorce or they have special needs or whatever it may be. If we know that, let's reach out to that family and just call them up and say, hey, would, would your family or your kids like a Chalk Talk? I'm just going to come to your front sidewalk with a bag of chalk and we can draw something, we can talk, we have a spiritual conversation. If they're antsy, we have some other little activities to do. But it partially is just to show the kids that we care about them. We didn't forget about you. It's that face-to-face, -face, not face-to-face, distant face-to-face time, <laughs> you know, with the kids. Um, and, and, it's, and it's really, it's, it's keeping our families connected during this time. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I, man, so I just, because... Um, because I wasn't that good in school. So I want to make sure I reviewed this to make sure that I'm like tracking well uh, for people who are just listening to this and hearing this kind of thing for the first time. What I loved so much about what you described is you were connecting it to DL at home, right? You're connecting it to sort of your um, conventional experience for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said that God's word didn't change. So you didn't have to throw everything out, but you also aren't just doing the bike path, right? Cause I think, it becomes easy to feel like, okay, we just have to take everything we did in a church experience and just figure out a way to do it online. And sort of you wind up getting blinders to what your community actually might need. Or a lot of temptation and temptation that I've even already seen churches fall into is, all right, we're just gonna have fun this summer. Like we're not gonna do any discipleship. We're just gonna do uh, entertainment type activities, which serve a purpose, but only go so far. And I love that the bike path is so clearly an outreach um, component, but that most importantly, it's creating space for your team to feel like they belong, for the kids to feel like they belong, and the families to know that you haven't forgotten about them. 
I would love to hear back from, from Jason um, and from Tammy. Uh, what is it, what does it look like as like on the ground volunteers and staff leaders when, when your leadership, you know, when Chris comes to you and says, okay, this is important, but we, we need to make these decisions in a really um, thoughtful manner. And, and how, how does she, how does she present this in a way that fits within the overall mission of what Appleton is trying to do within your community? And what does that look like for you guys to then play that out in the ways that you're, you're communicating and connecting and ministering to the children that you serve? Yeah, great, great question. So we, we didn't pivot that much. Uh, Chris kind of stated this before, yeah, they couldn't, the kids couldn't come on campus. We as leaders couldn't come back on campus, but DL at home picked up right where we left off. So we were able to now have a message. In, and I know personally for me, and I can't speak for all the kids that go to, to Appleton Alliance Church, but I have three kiddos. I have a sixth grader, I have a fourth grader, and a second grader. And it brought unique opportunity for me to see my kids and how they interact on Sundays to the message. And as, and obviously I'm a leader too there, it gave me really a privilege and opportunity to help mentor them and lead them in ways that I never was able to before. So to me, that was super exciting. And then Chris took it even another step further. So after like two weeks of doing deal at home, now she started asking some of us volunteers, hey, could you help with this? Could you help with that? And we couldn't go on campus. So we're filming stuff from our iPhones. We're doing stuff low. You want to talk low budget. My wife is holding my iPhone. Okay. I mean, we're making this happen because we want to change up the message. And, you know, I just did one a couple of weeks ago about keeping your promise. And I jumped in a cold pond. I mean, we're doing whatever we can with resources that we have because we want it to translate to the kids. And the entire time, Chris and our team is preparing us for this. We, we just started small groups two weeks ago, but we didn't just start planning for this. We planned for this a long time ago, and then we tested the technology, I think, four times before we actually did a live small group because we wanted to make sure as leaders, we just didn't want them to sign on to a Zoom and just have some talking heads. Like We wanted this to be interactive. We wanted to know, where are you at? What are you grateful for from this weekend? How did today's message and DL at home resonate with you and then tie in some sort of interactive piece and then ask for prayer requests because we want to continue to love on these kids and let them know that you're not in this alone. We're here and we want to help you even though we can't be in there on Sunday morning in the classroom with you. And then of course we've encouraged them to come to the bike path, which has been a huge hit. I know my, my eight year old daughter loves it. She did 20 laps yesterday. She's eight. I'm like, this is crazy, but it's really bringing a lot of kids out. I was able to see five of my students there last night, and it was just an amazing way from a social distancing perspective, of course, to be able to still say, hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm, I'm still praying for you. You know, it was great seeing you Sunday night. Can't wait to see you again this week. Don't forget to do your deal at home. Please bring it in. How's everything else going? You know, just the simple stuff that you would normally do on Sundays. We're still able to do that and it's intentional and yet it's still interactive. It's fun. I mean, last night they had to find like 17 or 18 different items 
And Chris, your team hit him very well. I could not find the mustache to save my life, by the way. But, but it was great. It was a great experience to get kids out, but more importantly, bring families out and connect them with what we're trying to do, which is bring people closer to God. And, and that's really our whole ministry here at Appleton Alliance is bringing people together and connecting them. And this is just an amazing creative way to do that. Jason, I think you're spot on there. Uh, what I think is so unique about Appleton is that you haven't forgotten about family discipleship. And I think that's something that rises to the surface every time I hear from you guys. And so, Tammy, I would love to hear from you. Um, how, have, how has your team intentionally made think good choices and decided to say, maybe that's not the best one right now because you were aiming in the direction of equipping the family and, and not forgetting those parents and realizing that your ministry, as much as it is the child that is in your, in your service or in your virtual, you know, kind of space, it's also about the family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we've done is we've really, one of the things that we know is this has been a really hard time for families with kids with special needs because isolation is a huge issue for these families to begin with. And that's something that we've really worked on is, is throughout the ministry, just trying to get families connected, parents connected, and the kids as well. Like Chris said, we don't babysit. So, you know, discipleship is extremely intentional with our kids with special needs. We have, um, they're, when they're fully included, they're in the classrooms, they're with a volunteer that supports them and helps them better understand the curriculum and how to engage in that and to better engage with the volunteers. And then we also have a classroom. But in the classroom, we teach. And so we wanted to continue, like Jason talked about, because we have such a great foundation, because, you know, like Chris talked about the anchor of the ministry, what you have as anchors, it's just how do we do it in a different way to be able to accomplish what our goals are, you know? So getting families engaged, um, getting them to come out to the bike path has been huge. We've actually seen a lot of our families come out, bring their kids. Uh, we have a little guy out here last night that has a, an electric wheelchair and he has a bike attachment on the front and he just went around and went around and um, he was having a great time. And that is a, a, a child that actually doesn't like to go out very much right now. So then by being able to, they can't come to us, but right now we can come to them. And that's the chalk talk piece. By, um, and that gets our volunteers engaged too, again, because they want to serve. They, you know, they're asking me, what can we do? How can we serve our families and still do it in a way where we're practicing safe social distancing? So we came up with a chalk talk concept. And what we do is we go out to family homes, uh, myself and a volunteer. And we meet with the family. And um, during that time, we're, we're working on building relationships. We're talking through things that kids are struggling with during that time. But then we also do bring in some of the discipleship piece as well. So um, the way that we share the gospel is through the Wordless Book, which is a great tool to use with kids with special needs because it's identifying colors. And so it's a, you know, a simple concept that they can attach. They have that visual that they can attach words to that helps them better understand the concept of the gospel. And so some of the activities that we do, we're, we're reviewing the wordless book and um, 
we're reviewing the lessons. So we have a tie-in too with the DL at home. We bring the family challenge with, and if the families aren't watching DL at home, we have conversation about, wow, this is a great opportunity for your kids to continue to learn what they've learned throughout the year in Discovery Land. They can continue right now virtually, you know, because you can't come, but we can bring this to you. Our kids, particularly with special needs, have struggled during this time because it's so much change. And then they're having to do school online. And so there's a lot of stress, a lot that's going on in the family. So by being able to go, the way that we look at Chalk Talk is it's not only an opportunity to minister to the kids, but also the parents. The parents stay present, but we spend 30 minutes with their kids so they can kind of take a mental break. And um, what I've also found is that the parents are just as excited to see us and have conversation as the kids are because everyone's been isolated for so long. So that's a way that we found that we can minister to families. Probably our ministry will be one of the last to really get up back into full swing after the COVID situation is oh, over. That's interesting. Because it's really hard for kids with special needs to understand the concept of social distancing. Sure. And so, you know, and they're one-on-one with a volunteer and there's a lot of physical contact actually as a result of that. So we want to make sure that we're doing things that we can sustain over time. And so um, we have participated in the, in the small groups with Discovery Land with our kids being involved in that as well. And then we also have a connection for parents that they're getting together on a weekly basis and having conversations and um, actually over topics about the things that they're struggling with during this time. So that's kind of the direction that we've gone with ministering to the families that we serve in our ministry. That is fantastic. And I think that I am reminded of, you know, when this all started, uh, you guys are going to be episode 46 or 40, 45 of this podcast. And I did 16 of these before coronavirus started. And then everything else has happened since. And I remember really early on, someone said to me, um, you know, our, our mission is going to, it hasn't changed, even though our methods have. And what I hear from every single one of you is how uh, not, this didn't change you guys the way that I think the perception would be when this all started, that the coronavirus is going to change everything. Like not only the resilience that your ministry already has and that you all are showing personally, but just the focus on the mission that these anchor points that um, you guys talked about just seem to be so naturally coming from or, or the word would be organically coming from your mission. Um, and for you, Tammy, to be able to uh, serve to a population that so desperately needs it is just, is really beautiful. Um, Chris, I want to, I want to ask you, well, first of all, I could just like, you didn't need this, Chris, because I'm just a random dorky dad from Chicago, but like, well done. Like this just, it seems so incredibly encouraging to, talk on a ministry that has, um, <laughs> that has resources that can cavalier, cavalierly talk about, oh yeah, we had a bike path. Um, but that is so clearly about the mission and so clearly about the kids and so clearly about the families and just um, 
the way that God has used you to lead that, that lead those efforts is just, is really commendable. And I see why uh, Melanie was such a good hype man when she was talking about why we need to make sure we get you on as quickly as possible. Um, Cause it just seems so cool to talk to you guys. So thank you all for your time. Um, Chris, I want to ask you, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but these four anchor points that you are sort of using as a guide during this time. Um, I'll ask kind of a, a two-part question to it of when do you feel like you're going to reevaluate those anchors serving your families and, and how do you go about doing that? Cause what I'm curious is when do you as a leader go, okay, now we need to change. Like what motivates that? And then how do you begin to communicate that to your team? Well, I mean, if, if you even take the higher look of our um, children's ministry here, which again, we keep saying DL, but that's discovery land. Um, we do have a strategic objective and we do have outcomes and we have strategies and we have tactics and we actually measure to make sure these things are actually happening. And that's what keeps the heartbeat of our ministry and the consistency um, so strong. You know, our foundation is very strong in what we do. So obviously um, what you're seeing with the bike path and DL at home online, it's a strategy shift. That's really what it is. The outcome, our goal is to still get the same outcomes out of it. And we've actually even used, um, when we measure our children's ministries, you know, we can see where we're high and where we're low. And if missions, you know, our kids weren't, they, they get missions a lot. But we wanted to take it up a little higher. So basically in our DL at home videos right now, you'll see every single week we're using one of the Awana Go videos or an admission video is on our DL at home every single week. And then we have a kid pray for it right after it. So we're getting kids, to, again, training them up on how to publicly pray in front of people or on camera or whatever. So there's strategies on so many different levels, but we're accomplishing the same thing. I mean, you're never going to change a um, number of kids who are getting saved. And we want to see kids get saved. We want to see kids get discipled. We want to kids see, have a heart for missions. And, and these are things that are part of our outcomes, you know, and so that, that doesn't change. And I think that's why we keep people like Jason and our volunteers, our retention rate for our volunteers is, is really high. And part of it is because we're not changing philosophies every time you turn the page. I mean, I always said you have a wanna. I mean, in churches that have a wanna, it seems like they've had it for a million years, right? So you have people who bleed a wanna, you know, they're, they're tattooed a wanna. Yeah. And I'm like, why doesn't that take place on Sunday morning? Like a wanna, wanna leaders were long-term. Sunday leaders are short-term. And like, how can we transform that to have a more of a solid discipleship plan? And so that's why we have um, this DL Global. It's a curriculum that complements it, that looks at the long-term strategy, not just what is the newest, coolest, brandish, you know, bright colored curriculum. The, the heartbeat is what is going to best disciple our kids long-term so that when they come out of your ministry, they easily can come back into your ministry and they're already leaders going into it where they come in really confident. And, and that's what our ministry is. A lot of our, we have 75 of our current volunteers, our leaders, our, our youth leaders on Sunday morning who have graduated from our ministry are now coming back in and serving. And I mean, that's incredible that they want to come back number one, and that they love it and that they, they're taking that leadership role already at the youngest, you know, at a high school level or junior high level, they have so much ownership in it, which is incredible. But that comes from being very strategic underneath it, you know, so you're putting on your strategic hat 
and then you have to put your kid hat on and have fun, and then you have your leader hat. So I always say children's ministry is like a Rubik's Cube. You're looking at it from so many different angles. And and when you do that, that's what's going to make your, your children's ministry really rock solid. It can't be a week by week or the flavor of the day. You really have to think long term and think investment. The Resilient Disciples podcast is powered by Awana. Awana is a global nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping leaders to reach kids with the gospel and engage them in lifelong discipleship. Awana is fueled by the generous support of individuals, churches, and organizations, as well as resource sales. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode and go to resilientdisciples.com for more resources and many more of these conversations. The podcast is mixed, edited, produced, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Thanks to Kevin Orris and Phil Wallace for making the podcast happen. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next week.